What's up, babes, and happy Black History Month. It's a glorious morning, a day that we will never see again in this lifetime. So let's take the time to enjoy life while we can. I'm your girl, Neek Austin, and this is Koro is a Crush. And welcome to Koro is a Crush. I'm your girl, Nick Austin, and I hope y'all have been having a great February. This is Black History Month, and today's podcast is all about Black is Black. And the only reason why I came up with that title is because my husband keeps rapping the song that it actually comes from, and I told him, you know what? Thank you for giving me the title for this episode. So this is episode four, Black is Black. So let me put out this disclaimer. This episode may offend some communities with harsh tones, but keep in mind, we're here to educate you, not disrespect you. So with that being said, let's go on and get down and dirty into what we got to talk about today. I have a question for y'all. Have you supported a black business before? I want y'all to think about what it's like to be a black person in today's world. The world tells you that you aren't enough, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not even talented enough. It doesn't tell you that you're smart and beautiful, but that you probably don't matter too much anyway. It tells you that your life is worthless than the lives of others. But despite of all of this, Black people have always believed in themselves as more than just black. They've always believed they were doing big things and they've always believed in their own power to do those same big things in the future. That's why so many black people have risen above terrible conditions to create incredible things. And we're here today because of their faith in themselves and each other. See, as a black entrepreneur, such as myself, as well as my husband and countless other people that I know, we have always had this stigma that we've had to rise above everybody else in order for us to succeed. And for me personally, I feel that we should never have to rise above others just to feel like we have to succeed. But I also don't feel like we should have to lower ourselves in order for us to make it. We should be on the same level as everybody else. But of course, this is 2022. Ain't no way in the world we're going to be on the same level as everybody else. So we have to rise to the occasion. We have to be better than our counterparts and do what it is that we're supposed to do in order for us to sustain the lifestyle that we create for ourselves that we are trying to leave for our children and our children's children. Our ancestors have did the work and put in blood, sweat, and tears in order for us to make it to the levels that we are now on today. We have made so many footprints, not just in black 
history, but also in American history, that some people refuse to um, accept, but that's okay. Because we know within ourselves what we have done for American history, what we continue to do for American history, and what we will continue to live for and look onward in black history. So with that being said, we are going to celebrate and talk about the history of fashion in black America, the history of beauty in black America, and the history of faith in black America. So this is a this is basically going to be about black history and the incredible footprint our ancestors have left for us and what we are leaving for generations to come. We will be right back. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful morning that we have in front of us. If you are just joining us on our podcast, let me reintroduce myself. I am your host, Nick Austin. I am the owner of Coro, an affordable premium online brand of beauty, wellness, and design, where we focus on the importance of self-care through fashion, beauty, and faith, but on your terms. So I just want to welcome you to my show. Thank you for tuning in with me. And I want y'all to get comfortable because today we're going to celebrate black history and the impact that we have on America. So we're gonna talk about the history of fashion. Fashion has been an important part of black culture for centuries. It's how we express ourselves and celebrate our many subcultures. Historically, fashion has played a significant role in social change and helped us achieve the freedoms we enjoy today. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you more about the history of black fashion in the United States and how it helped shape who we are today. By learning about these historical moments, we can all be inspired by this great history of fashion in the black community. Fashion and the black community have had a long symbiotic relationship. While fashion has been historically inaccessible for many in the black community due to financial barriers, this relationship has also produced cultural shifts, made room for self-expression and creativity, and helped build a community that supports and uplifts each other. For centuries, the black community has been making waves in the fashion world. Before the days of being forced to wear whitewashed, ill-fitting clothing, black people wore their own fashion trends. These trends were inspired by African cultures and designed to celebrate beauty and individuality. As slavery became an issue, white people tried to force the black community to wear the same type of clothes. The black community did not want to become a part of white society, so they continued to wear their own clothing. This eventually led to resistance and rebellion against slavery. 
the black community later went on to make their own variations on the white styles they were forced into wearing. Anyone who's ever been in the presence of a black person knows that there are certain rules that govern our look. There is an unspoken set of guidelines for what black people will wear and what we won't. And these guidelines have changed over time. This affects everyone, from the baby in the stroller to the oldest person you know. Whether we gussied up at a black tie affair or dressed down at the club, there's a general understanding of what is appropriate and what isn't. African Americans have influenced the way we look at fashion today with our own style standards. What you see in the high streets now were actually created by our community centuries ago and our ideas continue to spread to other communities quickly. The black community has always been ahead of the curve when it comes to fashion. The style standards that are popular now were actually created by black people long ago and they continue to influence every other culture. For example, there's the loose-fitting clothing from the 1960s that's making a comeback. But who started it? Well, let me educate you. In the 1920s, black women wore dresses with layers of petticoats underneath. It was a trend in the Harlem Renaissance, the Harlem section of New York City, where many black artists lived at that time. And it spread to other areas quickly. A few decades later, bell bottoms were considered on African-American fashion staple before spreading across America. Now, it's retro. If you love fashion, make sure to support black businesses who sell fashion. Not just the big businesses, but also small businesses in your local area. We will be right back with the beauty section. All right, and we are back. Thank you so much for sticking around. If you have stuck with me this far, then that means you know what I'm about to say. I'm doing something right. So we have went through the fashion of um, Black America. Now let me bring you to the beauty side of Black America. So the history of beauty in the Black community is long and varied. The black community has long been concerned with beauty and aesthetics, concerning not only the hair of men and women, but also their clothing and body shape. This is because since the African diaspora began, black people have wanted to assimilate into the cultures of citizenship. Since then, black communities have taken on a variety of approaches to address their concerns regarding beauty. The first major shift occurred after slavery ended in 1865. Freedom meant that many slaves could no longer work in plantation settings and forced them to look for jobs in urban areas. In areas such as Chicago, former slaves started focusing on their physical appearance as a way to improve their social standing by becoming more attractive to employers and prospective mates. This was a point of contention among black communities. Some felt that investing so much time and money into personal appearance was self-centered or even sinful. The trend continued for several years until the early 20th century 
when natural methods for dyeing hair became popular again. Around the same time, Marcus Garvey started advocating for African Americans to embrace their African roots, which resulted in a shift towards more natural styles of dress and hair. Now, black women have always had a reputation for being beautiful, but it wasn't until the mid 20th century that they were able to fully realize their true potential. During the 1900s, there were not many cosmetics available to black women. Some were marketed as being for colored skin, but most were designed for white skin tones and did not work well with black skin. Many of the products that did exist tended to be greasy and difficult to apply. In fact, before World War II, only about 1% of the cosmetics sold in America were intended for African-American women. But let's take it back. In 1898, a chemist named Anthony Overton developed a new type of makeup that was specifically made for African-American women. It was spreadable and easy to apply, and it could be used on both light and dark complexions without looking chalky or heavy. This, called face powder, also came in several shades and worked well with all skin tones, a huge improvement over existing face powders. For black women, this was an incredible development. They could now use makeup to enhance their natural beauty instead of simply covering up their skin color. They could finally feel beautiful. In today's world, we have Iman Cosmetics, Fenty Beauty, Minted Cosmetics, Juvia's Place, just to name a few, that are black-owned companies made for women of color. Let's not forget Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first African-American woman billionaire. Let's not also forget the first foundation made for black women, Fashion Fair Cosmetics. Let's not forget those people who already trailblazed through history to bring us to where we are today. If you love beauty, make sure to support black businesses who sell beauty products. Not just the big businesses, but also small businesses in your local area, such as my business, Coro, who will eventually start marketing cosmetics of their own. We will be back with the faith portion. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining me for this beautiful segment for Black History Month. I am so honored to actually talk about my black history and what it is that I wanted to educate y'all with today. So now we are at the faith portion of our podcast. And this is actually going to be pretty good because what we're talking about today is just keep hope alive. That's what today's um, faith segment is going to be about. But you know, I got to educate you. You know I love to educate you. So let's go on and get down into it. 
All right, so the black community has long been known for its faith, and the faith that once existed in the black community is still alive today. Faith has always been a core part of the black community's identity. But how exactly did that happen? So the history of faith in the black community is long and complex. But this is a brief rundown that highlights some of the key moments in that history. Faith in the black community dates back to the 1600s when many African-Americans were forced to convert to Christianity to stay alive. Future generations continued this faith, joined by a large number of slaves who were looking for a blessing in their new home. With poverty, injustice, and racism widespread, church was often one of the few places blacks could meet peacefully. Clergy and other religious leaders also provided schooling, resources, and support that helped sustain blacks during this time period. From slaves who used it as a means of survival to black churchgoers who used it as a platform for social change, the relationship between African Americans and religion is complex, rich with history, and integral in shaping the identity of the black community. Which brings us to our devotion for today, coming from the YouVersion Bible app, which is in your app store and Google Play stores. We are now on day four of 21 Days of Prayer Reconnecting, and today's subject, Keep Hope Alive. I've been meaning to give y'all the scriptures and totally forgot to do so on the prior episodes, so here are the scriptures for your reading pleasure. We're coming from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, and Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Today's devotion. We find ourselves living in a culture where people are no longer seeking truth, but instead look up facts that support their worldview. They are, as 2 Timothy 3.7 says, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. Paul warns Timothy in this chapter that these people have the appearance of godliness and that he should avoid them. That is why, in this world, we cannot be biblically illiterate. If we are, we risk becoming the very people Paul teaches us to avoid. The scriptures are beautiful because they are the very words of God kept so that we may live the life God has called us to. They proclaim his nature, his character, his wisdom, his people, and ultimately his son. The Holy Spirit himself is the author of all scripture. That comes from 2 Timothy 3.16. He also dwells in the hearts of every believer. Yet, the most common thing believers in our modern day do is neglect to read the very words God left for our instruction. If the scriptures are the path towards true wisdom available to every believer, why wouldn't it be the first thing we turn to? Let me say that one again. 
if the scriptures are the path towards true wisdom available to every believer, why wouldn't it be the first thing we turn to? We should follow the example of Christ who, when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, turned to scripture. Jesus knows exactly what it is like to feel the weight of the world and what it means to find hope in the word of God. Let us pray. Father, teach us to fall in love with your words. Open our ears to your word. So when we read it, we will receive it with joy. Use it to guide us in your truth and teach us for you are the God who saved us. Help us to obey your word so we will fully understand it and be able to move on to maturity in our faith. Place godly Bible teachers in our lives and grant us the opportunity to teach biblical truth to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on today. Turn in, well, not turn in, but yeah, well, actually, yeah. Turn in to us next week. <laughs> so we will be able to talk about Women's Month. You know, March is um, Women's Month, National Women's Month. And what we're planning on doing is highlighting women business owners all month long from our ancestors to women of today. We want to honor you and praise you and say thank you for everything that you have done for us, not just as entrepreneurs, but as wives, mothers, teachers, daughters, sisters, grandmothers, aunts, and everything in between. We do salute you. Thank you so much for tuning in to my episode today of Koro is a Crush. And I hope that I have blessed you and hopefully motivated you to go out into the world and bless others. I am your girl, Nick Austin, and I'm signing off. Take care and be blessed.